everybody in to our Curse of Strahd campaign, The Darkness That Surrounds Us. Uh, the last time you guys were here, you had uh, found yourself in the kingdom of Barovia, a uh, lost, lost kingdom in the, uh, in the woods. And you had discovered that the land had been besieged by the, uh, by a vampire by the name of Count uh, Strahd von Zarovich. Uh, for apparently centuries, people here uh, have been uh, held prisoner and uh, trapped in this land under the thumb of who they call the Devil Strahd. Uh, you were you met up with a uh, young man by the name of Ismark uh, Kolanovich, who. Uh, in the town, in the city of Barovia, the town of Barovia, in the kingdom of Barovia, who uh, told you that the vampire had taken a liking to his sister, uh, and that he wanted and needed help getting her out of town, and wanted to take her to the uh, more stronghold city of uh, Valaki. Um, <clears throat> Irina would not go with you unless uh, unless you were uh, willing to help aid in the burial of the father, the burgomaster or mayor of the city who had died three days before they had erected a coffin. You carried his body to the local church, and there you found the uh, priest of the uh, city whose son had become a spawn of the vampire locked in the church's basement, essentially, uh, while he starved. You slay Doru and then buried both uh, Doru and uh, the burgomaster at the same time the following morning, after which Irina agreed to leave you, to, to travel with you. Traveled down the road till you came across a... Uh, the, uh, further things happened that I have to remind you of. Uh, after the burial, you saw the same old woman pushing the cart that sold the uh, sold the dream pastries to you and saw a child that had been uh, whipped into the underneath side of the cart and locked in there. You managed to rescue said child who ran into a house where you found the parents that were just passed out in dreams and fantasies of another world. Uh, you uh, bu -bu 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 Bagmo were uh, cursed and had uh, terrible dreams the night of uh, human bones being ground between massive gears and to find powder is what you saw in your in your terrible dreams and lack of sleep. Um, and uh, the next day you traveled forth, leaving the city, the town of Barovia onto the road towards Valaki. Uh, you had been told by the uh, Vistani owners of the inn, the Blood of the Vine, to uh, seek out the fortunes of a uh, woman by the name of Madame Ava, who was a uh, leader of their tribe who was a, apparently a fortune teller that would be able to aid you along your path. Uh, so that's what that's all about. 
um, traveling forth uh, down the road, you came across a uh, a gallows with uh, empty an empty rope springing on it. Examining the sign, you saw one sign that pointed towards Velaki and Ravenloft, and another one that pointed towards the Ser Pool. Ser Pool being where you knew that the Vistani had an encampment, as you were told before. Uh, upon inspecting the graves and then looking back at the uh, gallows, you saw a body swinging there of a nondescript sort that you did not recognize. However, Wetrock, in his terror, saw not a random body swinging, but saw himself swinging there. Shortly after seeing, seeing this horrifying sight, petrified with fear, I think Wetrock is... Uh, just incapable of acting or doing anything, being completely petrified in terror at staring at his own corpse hanging from the gallows. Uh, creatures, undead creatures, began to claw their way out of the wet ground surrounding you. And many, many of them just began climbing out of the ground, moaning and groaning at you as they pull themselves out of the wet turf. You find yourself surrounded. Arinya is with you, and she draws a sword. And that, that is where we uh, find ourselves now. On that road... traveling down that road with these creatures surrounding you now. That will take you there in one moment. Apologies for the time it's taking. You find yourself on this road surrounded by uh, all of these strange creatures pulling themselves up out of the muck and out of the sand. Uh, Wet Rock sees a vision of himself hanging from the gallows, I think, and he is uh, just uh, petrified. Everyone else, go ahead and, as soon as I clear the tracker, you'll be rolling initiative for me. Let me make sure it's cleared first. Everybody go ahead and roll initiative. Seeing how fast you are. Why did they get his decoration like a dragon? How did it get like that? Very fast. I how did you so feel like it's the best rolls? Like, well, yours really is yours is plus six. So any roll you make, you get a plus six to see how fast you are. So you're pretty much always. Yeah. So it's so it's a measure of like how quick you are, how quick witted you are, how quick yeah. you can move into combat. Oh, it's just like an illusion. 
It's not privacy. It's just. All right. I need to roll for Irenia here. Irenia draws a rapier out of her belt and prepares to defend herself. And she, uh, she, uh, uh, I think she screams or yells at you. They are the former, they are the former guards of Castle Ravenloft, slaughtered dead by the devil himself thousand or hundreds of years ago. They will kill you without second thought. Defend yourselves. Nico, you are up first. All right, so your character, if you remember from the last time you fought, you have a, you have a little sword with dagger. You have a bow. Your character, since you leveled up, is good at um, running up. And if you're by yourself, you can do like extra damage. So you might be able to run up and like just stab one zombie on the head and just and just kill it. But you do your most damage if you're not next to any of the other uh, next to one of us. Okay. You're also able to run up and stab it and then like move away if you want. Okay. And you also have a bow. Well, just based on your character, you should run up and like. Just this one's far enough away. And I am the fast runner, right? Yeah. So I could go stab one and then run away. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do that. Right, Nika's gonna run over here. Okay. And using his rapier. Okay. He's gonna mess. Okay. You stab at that thing. And it is not wearing any sort of armor. It is just fleshy and nasty, and this hits. Wow. All right. So you did, you somehow hit it. And then... Okay, so you do seven damage to it. No, uh, she, gets, she gets sneak attack. It's one of her feats. Yeah. Does she... What reason does she get sneak for? Because she has to have an ally within five feet of her, or uh, unless it's something that gives her free sneak attack. Hang on, let me. Maybe I misread it. Once per turn, you gain an extra 2d6 damage on one creature. You hit with an attack that is a finesse or ranged weapon. If you had an advantage on the attack roll, you don't need an advantage on the attack roll. If another enemy of the target is within. Oh, you don't. You have. To, you actually have to be closer to get it. Oh. You have to be close to people. Yeah. So but you need to either have advantage or be within. Done that one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're within five, none of them are within five feet of one of your other allies right now. So it's not going to matter. Just attack whichever one you want. So you won't get sneak on that one either because they're not bunched up on you yet. But that's okay. So seven damage. Okay. So roll me a quick d20. Okay. Uh, 
the zombie, as you slash at it, uh, you slice its head off. Nice. Uh, but the zombie keeps going, and the head falls down onto the ground, and uh, starts uh, like teething its way towards your feet. Could on the I... ground. You have a dagger. Would I be able to pick up the head and pelt it at the zombie body? Uh, you can try to do anything. You also, <laughs> you also have a little dagger too. Should I? Okay, fine. I want to take my dagger and. Do you think it'd be better to go after the head or the body? Probably the head. Yeah. Okay. Dagger and stab in the head. Okay. Make an attack roll. Now this is an offhand attack. So if you're using it, you use your rapier and you're going to use your offhand to make a... Make a four. Right. So you don't get to add your uh, proficiency bonus to it. So... That one's yeah, gonna be a beyond just like auto does it. Doesn't give you the option to use it offhand. It doesn't give you the option to do it. No, I mean so you said it was a four. Yeah, you don't get the yeah, plus. So hand. that's a miss. Unfortunately you try to stab at it, but you don't hit it. Well that's too bad. What happens to me now? Do I get attacked by the zombie? Well your your character has a thing where after they attack someone move back without getting attacked. Okay. Is that a bonus is that a bonus action? Uh, because the off-handed attack would be a bonus action. Uh no. That's just fancy footwork. During your turn, if you make a melee attack against the creature, that creature can't make an opportunity attack against you for the rest of your turn. Oh, okay. Nice. So you can move away. Right over there. And then surround it so that you special. That's it for your time. Okay. 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 Uh, I'm just going to pee. I'll be right back. Continue on. Irenia is up. Uh, this zombie has lost his head, we're going to say. Headless zombie. Uh, Irenia. Uh, sort of backs up against you all and what's she gonna do? Uh, I guess she will charge forward and attack with a rapier on this one here. 17 is a hit. She stabs it for three piercing damage. Bert Beasley, you're up. Um, Bert Beasley move over there. Then he is going to use his channel divinity turn the undead. Each undead creature within 30 feet must take a wisdom 12 saving throw. This is going to get pretty much everybody south and directly adjacent to you. 
you're not gonna get uh you're gonna get that one that one you're basically not gonna get uh these guys but everybody else so that's a bunch of saving throws one two three four five six seven eight that's eight saving throws gracious wisdom Looks like one passes. Uh, they all must. For its action, it can only use a dash, dash action to try to run away. Uh, this one, uh, the 17 saves. That is one, two, three, the fourth one. So one, two, three, this one saves. Okay, it's their turn. Uh, they don't have a very fast speed. So they're all going to move away from you. As far as all these can get. They start moving away. Alright. That's all the failures. That is seven fails. And they all move about 30 feet away from you. Actually, 40 feet. So even further. Yeah, so you, what you see is... Bert, what does it look like when you channel Divinity and all of these things just start healing and moving away from you? Uh, Bert, Bert Beasley pulls out his book and he tells them that their premiums have increased by 300% for their homeowner's insurance. <laughs> uh, no. Terrifying. <laughs> A bright light emanates from Bert Beasley as he screams, your premiums are going up. And it blasts out from him as all of the zombies like turn their eyes away and uh, begin trying desperately to move away from the glowing insurance salesman. Uh, one of the zombies, however, is not turned, and it lurches towards you. And it's going to try to uh, get you. Tries to bite you. A nine misses. But it claws you twice. And two critical fails. Nice. Oh, man, that's no good at all. Uh, the yeah. remainder of the non-turned ones, they're going to... They're going to amble closer. Five... 10, 15, 20... 5, 10, 15, 20. Five, yeah, I think they're just gonna. They're just gonna start trying to surround you. Bogamo. You're up. Alright. Alright. 
I just scared. Like, Let's cast a word of radiance. So any creature within five feet of me has to make a constitution save. Okay, so you got two of them. One pass, one fail. All right. Um, so the one that fails takes 1d6 radiant damage. And I rolled maximum for that. Okay. So the failed one takes six damage? No, yeah, the failed one. Okay. How long does the turn effect last for? Is it a minute? For... Uh, one minute or until it takes damage. And I must gotcha. spend its turn trying to move away. Gotcha. Okay, well this fight got significantly easier by that. Uh, Urgoth, you're up. Okay, um, I am going to, um, I guess move to, um, one of these guys that's down here, and then, um, poke him with my Wickelwop. Okay. That hits for four damage. And let me see if I have anything interesting, um, at... Go away. Um, if I have anything interesting as a bonus action. No, I didn't want the whole thing to go away. Hold on. Um, D&D Beyond's being goofy. Okay. Um, um, yeah, everything's action. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's good for the moment. Okay. Nico, you're back up. Um, so you're over here. Your character gets bonuses to attack if you're you're like your character's small and you hide behind people and then have them. Okay. Um. So one of these two zombies is hurt. Oh, well, you probably just run one of them. There. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess. Do we know which one is hurt? No. Uh, the headless one is the one that I have uh, marked. Because Amy did six damage to one. You turn. Uh, yeah. The one Amy did damage to is uh, this one right in front of her. The headless one is turned. Right. He right. and his head are turned away from you. She's gonna run over there, and you pull out your get your little rapier and stab him. All right. You miss. Damn it. Yeah, that's a miss. You can offhand attack if you want to use your bonus action attacker. to do that. Yeah, let's try that. Try it. Uh, that one hit. That hits. Did it work? Did he kill yep. him? No, it hits. The roll the damage. So click the word dagger or in the the roll twenty chat. We'll roll it. Okay. So the way this works is it's four damage. You don't get the plus three because it's an offhanded attack. And you yes. also don't. You also. I don't know how I, to make D and D out of or not out of roll it. Yeah. So you get three damage from the offhanded attack. I don't know if you get sneak attack on a offhand attack. It doesn't say you don't. 
Let's see here. Uh, you can only sneak attack once per round, but you can get it. So yeah, you do get the tw you do get the twelve sneak attack damage. Okay. Yeah, okay. Sweet. Like for it's real, not... for good. He's not. I'm confused about how you can kill a zombie because aren't they supposed to be like the undead? It's not. It's not dead right now. Uh, okay. You'll find. You'll figure that out. Uh, okay. Roll a, roll a d twenty for me. Uh, you sever one of its legs off with your dagger as you slash at it. A leg falls off, and it kind of falls down onto the ground at your feet, or is kind of like hopping towards you as its leg is missing. So we're going to mark him with uh, something to indicate he's uh, legless now. Arena's up, and Arena. Uh, she uh, just sort of screams and stabs at that guy. Ten is a hit. And she does seven damage to him. And uh, she does seven damage. And what happens to him? At this decapitates him. So he is missing a head as she slashes, pokes his rapier in the, stabs him in the neck with the rapier and its head falls off. Uh, Bert Beasley, you're up. Um, Bert Beasley is just gonna come over here. And he will he will attack with his longsword. Okay. That's a crit. You're doing one-handed, so that's eleven damage. Yeah, uh, roll d20. We'll see what happens to him. These zombies are literally, like, falling apart. Uh, one of his arms is severed off. I need something to mark arms. Does it matter if I roll the critical hit damage? Uh, it auto-rolled the crit damage for you, I think. No, it, it normally does. D8 plus... Uh, it did not. Go, yeah, go ahead and roll the extra D8. Strange. Cool. Not a great roll, but... Uh, we can... average. We can, if you guys want to, use alternate crit rules, which is... One die is max damage, and the second die is a roll. Uh, just be aware that if you do that, the bad guys get the same thing. What else, how else would you play it? I have no idea. Uh, yeah. Just like anything that's a benefit for y'all is also a benefit for them. Uh, zombies are up. And the turned ones, well, they're still turned and haven't taken damage, so... 
they are roaming the countryside, I guess. As they are, like, just fleeing you. Uh, the others. Uh, the others have sort of surrounded you now. Bagmo, one of them that is uh, missing its. What's it missing? He's missing his uh, leg. The one missing a leg bites at you. 21 to hit does 2 damage. And then he claws at you twice. 17 does 4 damage. So 6 damage total, Bagmo. Uh, this Just one that's missing. 17 doesn't hit me. 17 doesn't hit you? There doesn't. Got my shield. Got my... My good armor on. Okay. Uh, this armless one is going after uh, Burke Beasley. He tries to bite you. Seven is a miss. With his one arm attached to him, he calls at you. And with his one arm on the ground at you does two damage to you as the severed arm is crawling across the ground and uh, claws at your leg uh, the others that are up two of them surround Urgoth and they're going to attack Urgoth yeah. okay. Okay, one I'm of them bites for back. four damage Urgoth does a 13 hit you it does not. Okay. 21 for 7 damage. So 4 damage and 7 damage. Okay. And hang on, we're not done. Okay. And then the other two miss. Okay, so that was 11 total? Yes. 11 total. Uh, the last one... The last one comes up and claws at probably Burt Beasley. Nineteen hit you, Burt. That will hit. Six slashing. And Arena, you hear a scream from Arena. Uh, oh, it can't bite her. It doesn't have a. It doesn't have a head. Uh, I guess the head on the ground. Yeah. Claws and bites at her. any of that hit that all hits she takes five damage Bogomo you're up oh what bad rolling word of radiance again Is that everything around you? Uh, everything within five. All the, anything I choose within five feet. Okay. So I'll spare Bogomo, even though I don't care for him that much. I mean, I'll spare um, Bert Beasley. Bert Beasley, <laughs> but I don't care for him. Wow. Wow. Ergoth. 
Okay, so um, I am going to focus on the guy right in front of me, uh, which is to say this guy right here. And um, once again, I'm going to use the um, the Wickle. Miss. Bonus Snap. action. Snap. No bonus actions. Nico. Um. There's one that's missing a leg. You could try to. One missing an arm, one missing I'll, a leg, one missing a head. I'll do the headless one, and I'll go after... The headless, yeah, the headless one's down here. Yep. Okay. I'll go after their body or head? There's a head lying on the ground, mm, nipping at I heels. The head lying on the I'll ground. go through the head, because I don't want it to bite me. Okay, roll attack roll. Hits. Ooh. Uh, you stab it through the eye and one of its eyes like falls out uh, and he, the, your rapier pierces through the eye into its tongue and uh, despite the rapier going all the way through its eye socket into its mouth where the tongue would be uh, it continues to try to bite at the rapier on the ground. Oh my god. Do I? What, shall, what else should I do? So you have a little dagger. A dagger. Dagger. Stabbing at the head or the yeah. or the body. Stabbing at the head. At the head. Hits. Uh, no, except that auto added the five. Oh no, that that counts to hit. You just don't get the bonus to the damage. Okay. It's still plus that to hit, but not to your damage roll. So, like for example, in this case, this should just be. Um... Now. I added your sneak already from the first one. Yeah. It should just be five. In this case, it is two. Because you don't get the plus three to the five. Thank you. Uh, the head stops moving. Uh, the... Okay. Ire... Irina says she screams, enough of this, and stabs at the body with... Uh with her rapier and it falls over on the ground not responding and and as it does so it's going to roll a constitution save what's the total damage there it is Five plus the damage. Yeah. Okay. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. So Constitution save DC twelve. DC twelve con save. It passes. The body falls over dead. Unresponsive after she stabs it through the heart. And then the lifeless body struggles back to its feet and then lurches again towards you. The head on the ground lets out sort of a roar. Bert, you're up. The one without an arm. Yep. 
That's this one. Hits. Seven slashing. Roll a d20. And I'm going to use a spell slot. Okay. To do a divine smite. Do an extra 2d8. Okay. What kind of damage is that? It's radiant. Oh, that was a terrible roll. Couldn't have been worse. Uh, they let out a screen. He's already taken radiant damage this round. As your smite uh, nails him. Roll that d20. Uh, the head falls off of this one, already missing its arm. So now it, there is a head on the ground, an arm on the ground, and there's a body with one arm swinging towards you. Uh, the head, the headless, armless zombie claws at you, Burt Beasley. 17 hit? No. I don't know. You should have stopped that. How, okay, how can a zombie without arms claw at Burt Beasley? It has one arm. Oh. You've lopped off one of its arms. Okay. So it's like a one-armed torso and legs. Wow. That sounds horrifying. That just clawed at you. It would, it would keep Alex up. Yeah, poor Alex. <laughs> uh, there's one without a leg that leans into Bogmo, and it's going to try to bite Bogmo. For 11 and claw at her. 17 hit you. Sure doesn't. The head on the ground tries to bite at Bert Beasley's feet and crits on your foot for four damage. You said how much damage? Four? Four. Okay. Urgoth. Two of them are on you. And both of them are biting at you. Critical miss. And 20. Does 20 hit you? It does. Five piercing. And both of them are clawing at you. That's four misses on the claws. Hooray! Arena has the headless one on her. The head has stopped moving and is dead. But the arms are flailing and claw at Arena. 18 and 9, so she's hit. Actually, I think it claws at uh, Nico. 18. That to hit you, hit. Nico. Okay. Oh, no. Two damage to Nico. Bogmo, you're up. Let's try. This one. Ooh, which one are you going after? What's the healthiest looking zombie? 
I mean, probably one of the ones that's hitting Urgoth. I'll do that. How about this one right here? Okay. Uh, it is blasted by that radiant damage. Roll a d20. Uh, you blast its head off. The radiant damage just absolutely blasts its its noggin off. Urgoth, you're up. You see uh, Bogmo unleash a bolt of energy that just blows one of their heads off. Shouldn't it be dead? Shouldn't it be dead? Mm-hmm. Why should it be dead? I don't know. It just feels like it should be. Maybe not. There's things that feel like they are and things that are. Um, it's okay. not dead. Okay, so I'm going to cast uh, Scorching Ray. Okay. Um, and I'm not... That oh, is a miss. It's a, mi- it's a miss in any event? Yep, a six is a miss. Okay. So I'm not exactly clear how this works, by the way. Um, because it says I create three, I, I create three rays of fire and hurl. Them oh yeah, yeah, yeah! It's three attack rolls on Scorching Grace, so you do it three times. Okay, that's what I was sort of curious about. Yeah, three separate attack rolls. Um, so you can go at the same thing, three things, two things, however you want to target. Okay, them. so there's number two. That one hits. Which one is that going to? And then let, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and do the the, the third one too. If the one okay. that just got beheaded. Um, we'll say yes. Okay, that does six damage to it. And that one is a miss. So one of your rays hits for six. Okay. Nico, name unknown. This thing was dead. Arinya put her dagger through its heart. It fell down on the ground. It stopped moving. And it, or her rapier, and it pulled itself up off of the ground. Oh my god. It's headless body with two claws just slashed at you. You're up. What do you do? Oh, what, what can I do? Well, I legitimately don't know. I mean, but you can keep stabbing at it. Although that seems to not have the greatest of effects. But... Well, should I run away? Should I just run away? They're like zombie-ish trolls. Wait, You're having effect. You're having effect. Trust me. Let me put this way. Hey, this is not this is not a cheese monster that you can't kill. Okay, just FYI, you can kill him. Okay, a cheese monster. I'm I'm not just I'm not I'm not just like throwing something at you. Ha ha ha! They're unkillable. Uh, Seven is a miss though. A little dagger. Okay. Did I die? Hits. Like at risk of dying right now. Uh, you're always at risk of dying in this game. Oh, yeah, but I mean more so in this moment. <laughs> uh, you could be. Uh, it, as you stab it in the chest with it, with your dagger, uh, okay. you stab it directly in the chest, and it falls backwards onto the ground, and it stops twitching. Okay. And then... Then... You notice after it stops twitching for just a minute, it begins to move again. Its 
arms creak and its joints pop in sort of a backwards position and then it lurches and leans up and stands up you're probably better off just just moving away okay Arinia yeah because i'm supposed to be a fast runner can i just yeah, like go somewhere can. else you can just move away well is that gonna protect me i mean is he just gonna your, your character is like better if you're trying to hide behind people and then Arinia. like when the zombies are distracted you like run up and you like okay Arinia screams enough enough with this and stabs it through the heart with her rapier for 11 damage she crits And it falls over dead. Oh no! Oh no! It falls over dead and then stands back up. Alex would be terrified by this. Your characters must be absolutely horrified by this notion as you're stabbing at these things and they continue to stand up and lurch towards you. Uh, Bert Beasley, you're up. Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, well, uh, maybe not a hint, but um, within since their last turn, this and this and and this and happened to have taken radiant damage. I'll mark that with a little marker. For the FYI's. Oh, one of them took radiant damage twice within its last turn. Yes, it has. It's not dead, but they've taken radiant damage. Uh, could I pull out my? and attempt to light one on fire. Sure. Uh, sure. <laughs> Make me an attack roll. Which one are you going after? Uh, let's go with this one that's missing most of its limbs. Alright. Uh, why don't you just add, like, hit it like a club. So, improvised weapon d20 plus your strength. hit. Five plus what's your strength? Four. So nine hits. Okay, we'll call it a 1d4 bludgeoning plus strength. 1d4 plus strength. Three plus your strength is four. Yeah. So seven and add 1d... Why don't we say 1d4 fire damage? Okay. You smack this thing as hard as you can with its with your club, your flaming torch, and uh, the uh, sparks fly off of it as you smack it, and uh, its uh, rotting flesh doesn't necessarily ignite, but it burns and sears, and as you do so, you uh, lop another one of its arms off, and it falls over entirely dead and doesn't get back up doesn't move at all we did it as it doesn't as it doesn't wiggle any movement or bonus actions 
Uh, no. The zomb zomboids are up. And the legless one goes after Bogomo. With a bite attack. And two claws. I assume all those miss Bogmo. 13. They all miss. Okay. But it's been its turn, so we're going to remove that little marker there. Uh, two of them onto Bert Beasley. Bite, claw, claw. 20, I assume, hits for five slashing. Okay. Bite, claw, claw does 18, 18 and 20. Hit Bert. It. So that's eight more. Bert Beasley goes down to zero HP and has to use his um... relentless endurance. So Bert, Bert like stammers down to a knee and then stands back up, and then one of them goes after uh, ne uh, not Nico but uh, Ergo. This one is missing a head, so it can't bite it, Urgoth. It's only going to claw it. Does a 19 hit you, Urgoth? It does. Five slashing. Arena's the only one around this headless torso with flailing arms. And it's going to claw at her. And... Oh no. Arena drops down unconscious with the zombie clawing at her body that it seems lifeless as she drops. Bogomo, you're up. So this one with the X is dead, correct? Dead, dead, dead. I will delete him off the screen. The turned ones continue to move away, so it hasn't been ten turns. I'm just going to delete them from the field as they have stammered off into the woods. Try this again. Yeah. So this is everything within five feet of you? Mm-hmm. Which is two of them? Right. Fail and fail. So each of them take four, and they're four radiant damage. So we're going to mark some radiant damage for these guys this turn. All right, Urgoth, you're up. Um, I'm going to do another round of Scorching Ray. Um, so let's do number one. Okay, that's a hit. Which one are you going after? Um, I'll say this one. Okay. And then I'll do number two. Same one or different one? Different one. Um, uh, I'll do this one. Okay. Um, and then I will do number three. 
Okay, hits. And I'll do the one at the top. Okay. Nico, you're up. Um. You can grab your little token. Not any other spoons. Sorry, our dog's going crazy in the background. <laughs> so you can come um, over, grab okay. your little token. You just you just run over so you can pick one. What what do the dots mean? Are they they're still they mean, alive? They mean they've taken special radiant damage. We don't have a radiant damage. Oh well, I guess I'll just try to go after this one. Yeah. Okay. Get the top. And then where it says that rapier, just just click it. Just roll it. Oh. 19. That's a hit. That's a big yes. hit. You do yeah. nine damage to it. Uh, this sucker drops down dead as you stab it in the heart with the rapier. And unlike some of the others that you've seen before, it doesn't twitch and it doesn't move. Oh, wow. It stays this... down dead. Wait, does that mean I killed it for real? You killed it for real. Awesome. You have a you have movement and bonus action. Okay. What, oh, really? What do, um... Oh, so you could go around and try to stab a one with your little dagger. I'm not like there's a lot of damage. And your character's kind of squishy. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's up to you. It could be you could kill another one. I mean, I don't see why not. We're already here. All right. Which one are you going to run to and try to stab? Uh, this one right here. That's this one that's tearing up the the woman that just died. Yeah. Okay. Roll me the attack, the dagger. All right. Uh, no, no, no. that's a loss. No, that's a lost cause. Uh, well, did I just make it mad? Is it gonna come after me? Uh, you stabbed at it, and it's not. It turns away from the woman that's down in the from arena that's down on the ground who just dropped unconscious like it was going to tear her flesh apart. Okay. So, you aggroed it. Okay. Uh, here's what's going to happen now. Uh, I'm going to roll this here with this sucker at the table so you guys can't see it. This is Arena's first death save. That is definitely a number. Bert Beasley. Uh... Bert Beasley is, as his action, is going to um, use his lay on hands on himself. For seven. Okay. And so let's, let's make it ten. And then, uh, that's it. That's all I can do. All right. Zombo's turn. This one is in good shape. It's going to bite and claw at Bagamo. 14? Nope. 16? Nope. 22? Yes. Three slashing. Uh, this one's going to claw at uh, Bert Beasley. 
Fight and coin. 10. 16. 6. Does a 16 hit Beasley? It needs an 18. Miss. And the last one is missing a head, but is still going to claw at Urgoth. 14 and a 19. Does a 19 hit Urgoth before? A 19 hits. Yikes, and it's a big roll. 7. Okay. Uh, the one that was about to tear Arena limb from limb does not, and tries to... Uh, tries to claw the headless one tries to claw at uh nico oh shit instead of instead of the dead woman um uh, can i fight back no, uh, does a 16 hit you uh i'm going with the yes she only has a 14. okay she takes two slashing you're uh, you only take like three damage this whole time bagamo you're up yeah, uh, Arena's in trouble. Alright. I'm gonna come over here. I assume that one I was next to gets an opportunity attack against me. Uh, yeah, I'll try to slash at you. 16? No. Alright. You're up. Good old care wounds. All right. Arena, her eyes flutter open as she uh, she looks up and she says, ah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Urgoth, you're up. The one below you is missing a head and has multiple slashes and injuries to its body. The one to your immediate three o'clock is injured, but slightly. The one to your one o'clock is injured less. And remove that marker. Okay. Um, I am going to um, use burning hands on the one below me. Okay. Not very dexterous they are. That would be a fail. It falls over unresponsive as you grab it and ignite it into fire. However, after it falls over dead, its light, its immediately lifeless, headless body begins twitching and begins that sort of abnormal contorting as it, like, spider climbs itself back up. Imagine, like, the all the limbs, like, as it stands back up in front of you and bears its, its claws at you. Nico, you're up. You're right in front of one zombie. Um, you can see, might as well. Yeah, okay, dagger. Can I do dagger? Do the rapier first. No, worse than this. Oh, 
That's, That's a hit. Yeah. Is uh, he dead? <laughs> He'll have to roll a 23 on its con save. Oh. So if it crits, it's alive. Okay. Can I do my dagger? Nope, it's dead. Oh, it's dead. Okay. If you want, you can walk over to one of the other zombies. Try to stab you stab oh. that one. Do you say anything dope as you finally stab it with a rapier and kill it? Thank you very much. Um, your friend. I don't know. I can't. Um, I like Nico the mall rat with a rapier. Yeah. All right. He got it at that sword yeah. store in the mall. Did you get that? <laughs> did you get that at that sword store in the mall? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Are you going to go knife another one? or? Uh, yeah, I'd like to go over and stab um, that one. Yeah. Okay. Pull my dagger. Yeah, pull your dagger and knife at it with your opposite hand. I think technically uh, rapiers are not a light weapon that you can do this with unless you have two-handed fighting, but we're going to go with it. Okay. I thought I just did the dagger. Uh, 18 is... A, yeah, 18's a hit. Oh, you know what? Yeah, Rapier's not a light weapon. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna... I, I'm going with it, so you can still do two-handed fighting. I think you have to have a light or a versatile weapon to do it. Uh, four. Yeah. Uh, it falls over dead. Um, uh, DC 10 con save. Uh, yep, it's up. You stab it, but it stands back up. Oh no! Um, can I can I do one of my weapons again, or? No, you're... Uh, nope. You're out of attacks. No. You can run away from it and try to get away if you like. I'll just try to run away. That's because yeah, I'm supposed can... to be a fast runner. Yeah, you can fancy footwork it to get away. Okay, can just I just move back like just a square or something? Like right yeah, here. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Uh, Bert Beasley, you're up now. Hey, uh, I'm gonna try the twerp thing again. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a hit. Which one are you smacking? The um. Still on right here, right in front. All right. Uh, roll me one d four plus strength, plus a d four, so two d four basically plus strength. So six. All right. Now I want you to roll me a uh, roll me a d twenty. Straight up. Okay. Uh, the torch is taking some damage, but it's sort of holds still holding together. Uh, the zombos are up, and as the zombies are up, you see a band of uh, five men that have been traveling down the road have finally approached all of you, and they're approaching. Um, they are uh, dressed sort of colorfully, like the uh, two ladies in the inn, and they were coming from the pathway to the uh, 
to the north. Uh, as they see all of you there, uh, s- several of them draw uh, blades that sort of look like scimitars. And there's one that sort of seems to be more in charge and uh, kind of uh, pointing around. They all have scimitar-like blades. The uh, Zombos are up. And this one's going to bite and claw at Bert. Uh, seven, sl- seven slashing damage to Bert Beasley. And then we've got two that are going after uh, Urgoth. 14 hit you, Urgoth? It does not. 22 does, four slashing. And that's it, four slashing. After all that. That sends me into uh, death saves territory. Alright, Urgoth passes out cold unconscious. Uh, But that's all of their turns. Bogomo, you're up. Copy rescue. Okay. Uh, some some gypsies. Throw oh. mommies. Uh, let's see. Some travelers. Some travelers. <laughs> I'm gonna stand over Ergos' wounded body and uh. And? Oh, crap. Well, at least it's some radiant damage. Okay. All three of them. Two pass. One miserable point of damage on one zombie. Ah, uh, but here's me? the but here's the good news. It actually kills that one. Urgoth, you're up. One miserable point of damage is all it took, since it was radiant. Make me that death saver, girl. Uh, that's a fail. Nico, you're up. Uh, move your character around to the side. Look over here. Wherever you want. And then go and type right here. I'm going to... I don't particularly like the word rapier. It's too close to another word. Um, is it this your, one? Your pokey sword. Yeah. <laughs> oh! That's a crit. Oh, wow. I did a lot of damage. Yeah, I don't... uh, Yeah, you're going to get sneak for this, too, so... Oh. Did I... Did it not work? It said 25. Uh, That's the hit. Oh. So roll the damage. Roll the... Is it not damage? Only an auto does it, but... You can set it to auto-do it or not. It's sort of your choice. Okay. Uh, it did not roll the... Yes, it did. 
did it not? Did it? No, I think I was just. I think I just seen her roll a d8. Yeah. 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 Twenty-three. Wow, that's the most damage anyone's ever done. Wow. Apparently, we should all talk about hot topic. Yeah. Uh, Nico, how does it look as you kill it outright in one swift whack from your pokey sword? Um, it looks like winning the lottery. Okay. It look. Oh wait, no. I need to describe it more. No, it looks. However like... However you like. Um, just your opportunity. Nico just um, looks like he won the lottery. A big goofy no, smile. No, it, it looks like I'm finally kind of like, yeah, taking out my anger against everyone who's ever wronged me on this zombie, and it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Arena's up, and uh, she uh, she runs over, and she's gonna stab at it with her rapier. It does two damage to it. Zombies are up. One left. It's going after Bert, I think. Bite. Claw, claw. 19, Bert. Does that hit you? It does. Only two. Two slashing. That is 50% of my health. Well, you're up. Uh, he's just gonna swing, you know. This. Are you swinging with the uh, longsword? Long. Yeah, the longsword. Okay, that's hits. That is a good bit of damage. Uh, roll and it that... d20. Uh, you lop off one of its arms. And that's it for my turn. Bogmo. Air Goth, I'm here for you, bro. Air Goth, you're up. Um... All right, so um, that uh, puts me up to. Does that put me up to six? Seven. Uh, seven. Actual, okay. Um, Look at that boy. I am going to um, take care of myself for the moment and um, cast Cure Wounds on myself. Um to try to buff myself a little bit. Okay. Alright. Uh, it is these guys' turn, finally, and several of them finally make it to you all, run up, and uh, you hear them speak in a language you don't understand. Uh... They all charge up and draw scimitars. And then they all go at the zombie. 
they get three hits. Nine or thirteen damage total to it. This brings it down. Unless it makes a DC 18 saving throw. It does not. They come in and just hack it down as three of them draw scimitars and just absolutely hack the thing to pieces. And and the uh, last zombie falls over dead. And the uh, captain of this group sort of runs up to you all and says, Are you all all right? We, we encountered several of these creatures moving through the woods away from you all and thought we would investigate the source. Some of us are more all right than others. I am pretty good. Bert Beasley, on the other hand, thought you're tougher than that, Bert. It's a fellow orc. I'm a little bit these, embarrassed. These lands, these lands, they are cursed. It is a cursed thing. You need aid. We will help you. Come. Thank you for showing up. It is. It is our duty to protect those in, in need and in trouble. We will always offer aid to those in need, no matter who or what. Please, come with us. We will show you to our home, provide you care, warmth, and place to stay. It is not safe to stay at, in the, uh, on the road or in the woods at night. Uh, the, devil the devil moves through the woods at night. Uh, everybody roll a perception check real quick. Okay, nobody catches this. Um, he turns and says... Uh, it is dangerous to stay out in the woods at night. It is not safe. Please. Uh, you may come with us. We will show you to our home. We will. You will have food and shelter and place to stay. Come. What a, what a lovely gentleman. I am definitely going. I haul wet rock over my shoulder since he's still in a trance. Wet Rock is like in a trance staring at this body that is hanging from the uh, <laughs> hanging from the gallows. Everybody's going with him? Yeah. Yep. So this sounds like the greatest idea Bert Beasley's ever heard. Yeah. I'm, I'll, I'm not opposed. You, uh, you travel down the uh, road for uh, some ways, not very far, until you finally come upon a uh, camp by a pool of water. And I'll bring you there. As there are uh, people sitting around this and uh, 
they have sort of wagons and a campfire going and they are roasting some foods and the young men uh, bring you all up and I'll bring you here now one moment I know you can't see anything Nico Bagamo Erga and Wet Rock and the young man that brought you up here uh, says turns to another man and says we found them out by the uh, out by the crossroads they were being besieged by the uh, by the undead the uh, besieged the... is a strong word I think we have it pretty well named well they need aid, nonetheless, in food, please. And uh, they offer you uh, some spiced meats and uh, and uh, whatever they've got roasting and grilling. And yeah, they uh, put warm blanket, offer you warm blankets and uh, and uh, hot food that's cooking on the uh, spit. Well, isn't this the best thing to happen to Bagbo in the last few days? Um. Huh. Uh, the uh, the people there are sort of wearing brighter colors than any of the other people that you have uh, seen uh, uh, in the town of Barovia or anything else. And there's some singing and dancing as they uh, sort of uh talk amongst themselves and share food and wine. They are drinking this red wine coming from barrels and they offer you uh, wine by like the large glass. Bert Beasley loves his red wine and he certainly takes a glass. It's yeah. better than nothing. I would prefer a Red Bull vodka but oh <laughs> too. I'll have some wine too. Bagua has learned the value of temperance and moderation. Oh, yeah. Uh, there are five colorful tents around this scene, sort of here, 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 and here. And then there is one larger tent off to the, uh, off to the side. Um, there are several horses uh, sort of uh, stayed by the, uh, by the river. Uh, like eight draft horses and they seem to be like what they would use to pull these uh, these wagons that they have sitting around um, one of the men offers you to sit by the uh, fire with them while they uh, while they are eating uh, Bert Beasley would like to ask the guy who was in charge when they showed up at the crossroads um you know, how they managed to survive out in these dangerous lands with nothing more than their very impressive wagons, but they're just wagons nonetheless. We we live here together and protect each other as family. It is, uh, it is what we do. Um, Arena is here with you as well. Uh, she sort of looks... Uh, kind of suspiciously and keeps quiet as you're here. Uh, the man says, 
If you have questions, you should you should talk to our the eldest of us, Madam Eva. Oh, but come, but come, sit by the fire. We will tell you tales, tales of wonder, tales of might, tales of heroism. Come, sit with me, drink, eat. Uh, that sounds like a great idea. Bert Beasley joins them at the fire for their food and their yep. drink and their stories. Yeah. He says, I will tell you a tale. There is a tale of a mighty wizard. He came to this land over a year ago today, as it would be. I remember him like it was yesterday. He stood exactly where you are standing right now. A very charismatic man he was. He thought he could rally the people of Barovia against the devil, Strad. He stirred them with thoughts of revolt and bore them into the castle in mass. Ah, ha-ha! But when the vampire appeared, the wizard's peasant army fled in terror. A few of them stood their ground. Ah, but they were never seen again. The wizard and the vampire cast spells at each other, and their battle flew from the courtyards of Ravenloft to the precipice overlooking the falls. I saw the battle with my own with mine own eyes. Thunder shook the mountainside, and great rocks tumbled down upon the wizard. Yet by his magic he survived. Lightning from the heavens struck the wizard, and again he stood his ground. But when the devil's strahd fell upon him, his magic could not save him. I saw him thrown down a thousand feet to his death. I climbed down to the river to search for his body, you know, to see if he had anything of value on him. But the river Alvis had already spirited him away, dead and another claimed by the land. Alas. But enough of my stories. You should speak with Madame Eva. Where can we find her? She, she, Madame Eva. Madame Eva has the gift of sight. She, she stays in the uh, largest tent. I, I think I think we should go talk to her. We've heard yeah. of her many times, and yeah, let's go. Okay, you all going in Madame going to Madame Eva's tent? <laughs> yeah. Okay. You step into the tent, and magic flames cast cast a reddish glow over the interior of the tent revealing a low table covered in black velvet cloth. Glints of light seem to flash from a crystal ball on the table as a hunched figure peers into its depths. The old crone speaks her voice. When the old crone speaks, her voice crackles like dry weeds. And she says, Oh, at last. You have arrived. <laughs> Welcome. 
do you wish to know your fates? It seems like you've been expecting us. I have indeed. The fates have brought you here. Shall we see what the fates have in store for you? Bert Beasley doesn't believe in fate, just statistics and probability. That's the name of the game in the insurance business. Tell me, Mr. Beasley, you work for a firm called Gorkin Sons, correct? Yes, the premier uh, insurance agency. And you think that numbers rule all? Without a doubt. <laughs> I think you'll find this not to be as true as you believe. You have a fate in store for you. You nearly met the other side today. Perhaps you will be the one. Or perhaps not. And you, with the flaming hair, you've traveled far and wide with mercenary companies all the way from Cholt, caring for animals and hoping that you would escape this place to warmer fields. Yes, what do the cards say is in store for you? And she looks over at Miko and says, you are out of place. You harbor dark secrets in your past, I see. And lastly, to Bagamo. And, uh... Quiet. Your mind reels from where you're at. Uncertain of yourself you are. You will be tested. She says, come. Sit. Sit at my table, and we will see what the cards have in store for you. And she beckons you to sit at, the, at a table. And... As she beckons you all to sit down at the table before her, her hands work deftly. She removes 14 cards from the top of the deck and sets them aside. And I will, if you look at my zoom window, I will do this for you now. She removes 14 cards from the top of the deck and sets them to the side. The remaining cards she shuffles nimbly twice, three times four, and she sets both decks upon the surface of the velvet table. Closing her eyes, she places her right hand over the surface of the larger deck. Crimson flames dim and swirl in eldritch patterns as her lips move silently a distant tension spreading through the air. The sounds of rustling trees and the rippling pool beyond the tense ball begin to dim 
the external wall world growing mute and insubstantial in the space within grows more solid, more real. Slowly, she draws three cards from the top of the deck, lying them face down on the table with the second blade between and above its partners. Then, she moves to the smaller deck, drawing two more cards. First, she places the first she places below the three, forming a cross. The second, she places in the center. I'll now draw those cards. And she places them like so on your table. Face down. The second the cards from the second deck she places here and here in a cross like shape. I don't know how everybody's feeling. The light from the candles sway like silhouettes leaning in towards the cards like anxious watchers in the air. The tent is perfectly still. No light intrudes through the seams in the tent's walls, and no voice rings out in the silence. Shadows and mist swirl at the boundaries of the tent, where the darkest where the darkest of the deepest night dwells, but here the center light reigns. She moves her wrinkled hand toward the leftmost card first, and closes her eyes and tilts her head as if listening to an unspoken word. The arcane lights swirl and their colors change to a deep piercing blue. She says, This card tells of history, knowledge of the ancient, will help you better understand your inner and she flips the card over. And I will draw that one for you. The Carulian light dances across the surface, revealing an illustration of a hooded man. Let me draw this card for you. She flips the card over. And this is what you see. A hooded man bearing a sword and a coin purse. And she says, The master of coins, the rogue. Our dark people shift from side to side as though reading through an unseen text. I see a nest of ravens. There you will find the prize. She then moves her hand to the second card, this one at the top of the cross. As she closes her eyes and listens once more, the candle flares, its color bursting into a fierce, cheery yellow. This card tells of a powerful force for good and protection. 
a symbol of great hope. And she flips the card over. And I'll flip it over for you now. This time, the light reveals a new illustration. A dour older man in holy vestments, wearing a miter and bearing a thurible that's burning. And she says, the eight of glyphs, the bishop. Her eyes stare deep into the shadows that lurk in the corners of the tent. And she says, what you seek? lies in a pile of treasure beyond a set of amber doors. She moves her hand to the third card at the right arm of the cross, her eyelids closing like a trance, her lips pursed in quiet contemplation. The candlelight vanishes for a heartbeat and then returns in a nova of fierce burning white so pure and strong and clean that it hurts to look at and burns to see. Her eyes snap open with a fierce determination and she says, this is the card of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. And she flips over the card. The light reveals a third illustration. Men in soldiers' uniforms bearing short swords and shields. And she says... Mm -hmm. The Five of Swords, a Myrmidon. The crone's voice is strong and with a purpose. Look for a den of wolves in the hills overlooking a mountain lake. The treasure belongs to Mother Night. She moves to the fourth card at the bottom of the cross and listens once more, tracing small circles across its back as she hums a contemplative note. Magic flames leap and dance upon their wicks, now casting swirling violet embers into the air as the walls of the tent gleam with the shimmer of twilight. This card sheds light onto one who will help you greatly in the battle against darkness. And she flips the card. <laughs> I'm sorry, wrong card. My bad, wrong card. She flips the card.
Uh, this time the illustration is revealed of a skull set into a glass jar upon four legs. And this one is actually, I have put it in the wrong place here on the chart. It's supposed to go here. And this is here. And she says, The artifact. Look for an entertaining man. And she closes her eyes. An entertaining man who, with a monkey. This man is more than he seems. And finally, she moves her hand to the fifth card and nearly recoils, her brow furrowing until wrinkles split her forehead like a trench. Behind her, shadows encircle the candlelight until the light is very nearly swallowed by the creeping dark. And when next she speaks, her rasping voice is scarcely above a whisper. She says, Your enemy is a creature of darkness whose powers are beyond mortality. This card will lead you to him. Her hand trembles above the card, silent for a moment, and then deft ancient fingers reveal its opposite side. In the darkness, the fifth and final illustration is only barely visible through the smoke and unnatural murk. And I will turn that card for you now. Oh. A man with the face of a devil seated upon an evil throne is visible in the drawing. Madame Ava slowly exhales and says, The Dark Lord. He lurks in the depths of darkness, in the one place to which he must return. As the last syllable passes her lips, the old woman freezes and then rocks back in her chair, her eyes rolling until the whites gleam like pearls in the darkness. And then she snaps back, the candlelight burning down to its ordinary crimson glow. And the sound of the outside world returns. The voices of the people around the bonfire you can start to hear outside of the tent. Beginning to sort of come back in the crackling of the fire, the whisper of the wind, and the waves lapping against the shore. And light gray and substantial light begins to filter in through the canvas wall, and you find yourself able to breathe for the first time. And she says nothing before you, only regards you with dark, heavy, silent eyes. And that is where we'll leave it for the evening. Well, great job on your fortune teller yeah. act. That was really good. Very believable. You had just the right cadence, you know, and volume. 
Good. Well, I'm glad that you all enjoyed. I hope that, that uh, the table scene here with the candles and everything sets it right. And these are your cards that I have drawn for you. Until next time. <laughs>